This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Into the final hour of the program on this Thursday afternoon. Logan Gordon, Aaron Vickers along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios here in Calgary, Alberta. Alongside our outstanding producers Cam and Taylor this afternoon. Wrapped up our NHL offseason in review. Checking on the Dallas Stars with Bruce Levine last segment. That'll be up on the Hour 2 podcast, wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. Still lots to get to on the program today. We've got a stamps report coming up with Patrick Dumas, and we'll check in on the Toronto Blue Jays after a series win against the LA Dodgers. No drama this time. No late inning worries. They get the job done 8-1 yesterday afternoon, and now uh, heading back home for a very important part of their schedule. So we'll get into that as the hour continues. But right now, very happy to kick the hour off by going down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We got the news earlier this week that Brett Sutter would be returning to the Calgary Wranglers for one more season. And he's kind enough to give us some time down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. Brett, congratulations on the new deal with the Wranglers, man. How are you? Hey, gentlemen, I'm good. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. Uh, again, congrats on the new deal with the Wranglers. I guess just uh, let us know what uh, went into the process for you coming back uh, for another year here in Calgary. Uh, you know what? We had such a, a tight team last year, and obviously, you know, we fell a little short at the end, but um, really just a group of guys I wanted to come back and work and compete with again. And obviously, an organization that I, I hold pretty near and dear to my heart. So, uh, just getting a chance to come back and, and give it one more crack at it and, and see what we can do is uh, pretty special for me and my family. Was there ever a, a thought in your mind, Brett, knowing that you hit the thousand game mark last year, you had come back to Calgary for, for another season that maybe last year and the end of it was going to be the end of your career. Or were you always pretty open-minded about coming back again? Um, I'd say maybe a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think the thought might sneak into the back of your head that, uh, you know, if you go all the way and you you finish the season lifting a trophy over your head, then that's it's a tough way to beat to go like that. But, uh, you know, as, as far as me and these guys keep me young, you know, I enjoy coming <laughs> to the rink. I enjoy, I enjoy working and, and having fun with them. And, and uh, my body still feels good and I still feel like I can contribute. So, you know, as far as playing, I'm, I'm excited to be back again and I'm looking forward to getting it going. When you look back on your, your first season with the Wranglers, the first season of the organization really here in Calgary, what stands out to you from both a personal and a, and a team perspective? Um, well, obviously as a team, I think we had a really good group. Um, you know, I wish things could have gone differently. Um, you know, looking back at it, it's tough to tough way when you, you feel like you outplayed a team and lose a couple tough ones in overtime and then, having the five game series seems kind of crazy to me, but mm -hmm. I don't make the rules. So uh, obviously it leaves a bit of a sour taste in your mouth and 
like I said, we're such a close team and, and, uh, you know, it was just such a disappointing way to end. Um, you know, personally for me, it was, I'd been in, in LA for seven years. So it was a new challenge. Um, you know, coming in, learning a new system, uh, lucky enough to be familiar with the city, but, uh, I was playing on a team that I had had lots of battles with over the years and lots of guys that I knew pretty well from playing against them. So, um, you know, just the adjustment of, of getting to know a new team. And then, you know, a few months into the season, you, you felt like you've known them your whole life. So, uh, it was an exciting challenge. You mentioned a lot of time spent with the uh, Los Angeles Kings organization playing for the Ontario Reign. I'm just curious what it was like playing closer to home for a season, being here in Calgary and, and being from Viking. Yeah, it was great. Um, you know, it was the first time, I think, in since I moved away to play junior at 16, that, that me and my brother had lived in the same city. So that was a really cool experience for me, getting out of Chris at all the games. Um, Chris and my mom, I think, I think they had to watch a hundred hockey games between the Rangers and the Flames <laughs> last year. So, um, but no, it was great. It was great getting to see them and, you know, getting the, the kids to spend some time with the grandparents on off days and, and stuff like that. And then, you know, what I tried to block out a little bit of having a lot of friends in, in the area until the season ended and, and try to just focus on, you know, task at hand and then the group that you're working with every day so i think uh for the most part people are pretty respectful of that but uh it was great to be home and, and getting the kids back in alberta i was gonna say chris has got to enjoy seeing that many hockey games it seems like he's right at home flames or wranglers games at the dome there brett yeah you know what uh he might be the one that's most excited about the news that i'm playing <laughs> um uh yeah he's he's pretty excited I, my poor mom i think she was getting burnt out by the end of the year but, <laughs> but but chris was ready to rock i think till the end so that's great that relationship's got to mean so much i know it means so much for your dad to have him around the team i imagine it's a a pretty similar feeling for you he's just got that infectious nature to him and yeah it was right all the way down to the playoffs didn't seem to matter whether it was, aaron was talking about you know the chris sutter time at the dome was popular chris was ready for for as many games as you guys were ready to play for him <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, he's got that infectious personality. He's one of those guys that you spend five or ten minutes with, you have a hard time not brightening your mood and, and making your day a little bit better. So, uh, you know, I'm excited. I hope he gets to, to have a little Jumbotron time again this year. I know how much he loves it and, and embraces it, and he thinks he thinks it helps our team like crazy, <laughs> and, and I love that about him. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to have him back around. Uh, Brett, one change that will be uh, pretty prominent for you with the Wranglers is Mitch Love has uh... – moved on to be an assistant coach with the Washington Capitals. You get just the year with him as your head coach, but I guess let us know what it was like that year with Mitch and why you think it was such an easy transition for him to now head off to an NHL job. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough loss. Losing Lover for sure. He's a, he's a great man. He's going to be a, a heck of a coach in the NHL. He's going to be a head coach one day, in my opinion. Um, I think he's just that classic mix between you know new school with some old school bite to him and and uh you know he pushes his players and he gets the most out of it but he still you know he still can connect with them so i have nothing but good things to say about lover i still talk to him uh, a couple times a week since the season ended so uh um i wish him nothing but the best and, uh, and i'm proud of him have you had a chance to chat with the the new head coach trent call coming in after a couple years uh in the vancouver organization our plan is we've actually just exchanged some text messages after I signed. So uh, our plan is here at the end of the week to uh, to get together and have a have a chat on the phone. 
Um, I believe he's here with his family right now, maybe scouting out some houses and doing some meetings and stuff like that. So uh, I'm real excited to to work with him, and I've heard a lot of good things uh, about him from from guys that have had him and and played under him. So uh, looking forward to working with him. Logan mentioned earlier that you hit a thousand games in the AHL. You're just the eighth player in league history to do that. I know it's tough to sort of absorb or appreciate those moments fully when you're actually in them with hockey left to go. But now that you've been you know, away from the rink somewhat over the course of the last couple of months. Have you had a chance to reflect on what that actually means? A thousand games. Um, you know what, when the game happened, it was a good, good opportunity to kind of sit back and, and reflect on, you know, people that have helped you along the way and kind of the ups and downs of the career and the journey. And, and, uh, I think it just comes down to really all the, all the friendships you've made and the teammates you've had and, and it's it, it's special. It's special, and and like I said, I'm excited to, to continue that. And it certainly doesn't feel like it's been a thousand games. It flies by. I think that's one of the first things you tell these young guys is, you know, don't take any day for granted. Really, uh, there really is no bad day at the rink. You're still surrounded by your closest friends and, and playing the game you love, and and that's uh, it's a pretty special job to do. You mentioned that it wasn't just a foregone conclusion that you were going to come back. That you did give it some thought on retiring. You mentioned you said you wanted quote unquote one more crack at it. Is that just the competitive nature that that keeps you coming game in game out to reach that milestone and to come back at age thirty six? Yeah, well, I think you love the game first and foremost. You love coming to the rink every morning and having a coffee and shooting the shit with the guys and pardon the language. Uh, uh, you know, just the game itself is amazing. You know, guys that love to compete that just comes naturally, and and to get to go out there with with your teammates every night is a special feeling. And, and, uh, you know, that's, that's one thing I'm missing is I haven't had the chance, uh, to win at all yet. So, uh, I feel like we're going to have a hell of a team and, and, uh, you know what, may as well get another shot together. Uh, Brett, you were affectionately nicknamed dad in the locker room last year. Is, is that a role that you like playing in the locker room? Do you mind being the veteran guy that some of the young guys coming into pro hockey can lean on? Because I feel like that's a, a pretty major part of stepping into the American hockey league level for so many of these guys is learning what it's like to be a pro and getting away from what junior and college hockey was like. Do you, you embrace that role of being sort of the, the dad of the locker room? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's ever a good sign when you just sat in the back <laughs> on the box for like seven or eight straight years. So, uh, um, listen, uh, we're, I'm at a different stage in my life than a lot of these guys. So I think they think it's pretty cool to, you know, when, when my son's ripping around the locker room and, and they're kind of getting to see what their life's going to look like a few years down the road. So if I can be that, that big brother, that dad to lean on during the season through some, through some uh, turbulent times, I'm happy to do it. And, and uh, you know what, I'm, I'm lucky I get to lean on them too. And, and they keep me young and fresh and, and uh, we're good for each other. Has there been uh, a name out there? Maybe you don't want to name names, but has there been a guy maybe in the last year or so that, that took you uh, by surprise and maybe came to you as the guy looking for some of that experience that you've had over your years playing hockey? Um, you know what? I'm, I don't want to name anyone in particular, but I think just the, the group of forwards, the young guys as a whole, you spend, you spend more time with the, the players in your position, I feel yeah. like. So uh, um, I think just the chance to, to sit in the locker room, you know, before and after practices and games and, and just hear what they're going through and, and maybe just kind of giving them a different outlook on things is, is, is huge for older guys to do. And, 
And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate in this organization that, that our whole older, older group as a whole, I think, is really good at that. And, and uh, bringing the team close together and making sure everyone feels like, like there's a, a good path for them. And, and uh, it's a fun group to work with. Brett, I know there's still a lot to be determined in terms of the roster and personnel for the Wranglers this upcoming season, but based on the success of the organization last year, is it safe to say that the expectations for this year mirror that of what you guys were able to do last season? Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, the majority of us are coming back. Um, like I said earlier in the week, I think we have a bit of a chip on our shoulder. Um we're excited to get it going. We've we've talked a lot over the summer as a group, and, and you guys are excited to get back, and they're working hard. Um, you know, outside of guys like Philly, who's, who's a tough loss and, and a great teammate, um, we have pretty much the same the same team intact, depending on guys going up and down. So, uh, you know, we're excited. We're excited for the new guys to come in, and we're excited to see who steps up and, and fills some of those uh, vacancies left. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're going to have a good year. But uh, first comes first. You got to put the work in. You mentioned Matthew Phillips again going to the Wash Was- the Wash Angeles, the Washington Capitals organization. <laughs> pardon me. I'm just curious from your perspective if you could put your scouting hat on. Who do you look at? Who are you curious about seeing who takes that next step to being a key contributor for the Wranglers? Um, yeah, that's tough. Cause I don't, I'm not really sure of all the new guys coming in and, and Maddie Coronado and these guys, if they're going to be up or down or, you know, that's, that's above my payroll. But, uh, you know, I think there's guys that are going to take a step on our team from last year. Um, I think, uh, Cole Schwinn had a, a big finish the year and I'm, I'm excited to see what he brings. Um, PD Emilio, he, uh, I think he's going to be a heck of a player. I don't think he gets enough credit for how much he helped our team last year. And he's got that, that skill and that little bit of bite to his game. So I'm excited to watch that. And, and, uh, and you see a guy like Zar, I think, I think he got better and better as the year went. I think he's going to continue to do that. So, you know, we got a lot of guys that can score and, and, uh, it's just a matter of everyone taking that step and, and getting better from within. Do you take a little bit of pride in seeing when some of these young guys graduate and get some games in the NHL or maybe leave the Wranglers and, and get a full-time gig with the Calgary Flames? Because, again, as Logan sort of mentioned, your leadership and mentorship is, is pretty integral to these guys learning how to be pros. Yeah, I think I think it's a proud moment for, for everyone. Uh, you know, obviously they're the ones that put the work and the time in and and they deserve everything they get, but uh, it's a really special moment. Uh, when those guys, uh, you, see, you see how hard they work, and then they get to go up and, and live out their dream, and, and you hope that every one of these, these kids are good kids, and, and they all want to get there, and it's it's a special moment when any of them do, and you hope when, when you wish them luck when they leave your locker room, you hope they never come back, and sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't, but that's just that's part of the business. Uh, what's left on the calendar for you, Brett, uh, ahead of uh, training camp in a couple of weeks? Oh, I got to do some camping with the kids. Um, we've been kind of getting out a little bit. I'm going to head back to the farm uh, here next week and spend a week with mom and dad and Chris. Yeah. Um, so that, that'll be good. And uh, yeah, you know what? It's kind of a full-time gig now. You know, you put in long days, Monday to Friday. So by the time, by the time Saturday rolls around, you're not wanting to do a heck of a lot. But uh, we got a pretty good group this uh, this summer here in town. So spending some time with the guys and the team and and, uh, yeah, it's going to fly by now. September always comes quick once you hit August. When you do go back to the farm, is that a relaxing week or are you put right to work and doing chores? 
Oh, I guess we'll have to find out. Jeez, <laughs> uh, jeez, it's a little bit of both. Usually, the usually when I come back in August, it's, it's a little more relaxing. Usually, he's in the field bailing or cutting hay. So, uh, hopefully, he'll be busy and and I just get to just get to hang out and, and help here and there. But uh, you never know what the big fellow's got up his sleeve. <laughs> uh, Brett, appreciate the time, man. Congratulations again on coming back for another year with the Wranglers. Look forward to seeing you around the dome in the fall here. Hey. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. Appreciate it. And keep up with the uh, Jays trade talk for me, would you? Will do. Take care, Brett. Have a great summer, man. Yeah, see you guys. Thanks. Brett Sutter joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Guest hotline, the captain of your Calgary Wranglers, back for another season. Uh, and look, a, a little of the chip on the shoulder, redemption. Yep. Uh, didn't want to sit there. And and look, I, I said this earlier when we, we had the news come down earlier this week, Aaron. It would have felt to me like a really good opportunity back in the flames organization, a thousand AHL games. You know, I don't think anyone would have blamed Brett for, for going down the road and saying, look, this is a perfect way to wrap it up for me. Minus a championship. This is a pretty good way to wrap things up, but you can tell there's still that competitive fire. There's still that, you know, we lost in overtime a game five or a team. We thought we could have beat them. And that's not how I want to go out. And you got to love that if you're a Wranglers fan sitting there thinking, yeah, this guy's not just coming back for a victory lap or, you know, to smooth out another 80 games on his resume. He's coming back because he wants to win. That's always impressive to me. There's a little spirit and desire left. And you one, you want that in your captain, but two, you, you kind of hit it there. There's a chip on his shoulder. He's a little bit grumpy about the fact that the team had such high expectations, were so dominant in the regular season, and in the playoffs, things didn't go their way. So there's still a little bit of that Brett Sutter fire in there, which bodes well for the team when your captain comes back a little a little grumpy, a little upset at the way things were left behind. Yeah, he's coming back, and I, I fully expect that he's chasing a championship to kind of cap that. And he, he was pretty honest. Wasn't entirely sure which way he was going to go this offseason, but that competitive spirit still burns. And there's still there's still a lot that Brett Sutter can, even though he signed with just the Wranglers, there's still a lot he can give the Calgary Flames organization sure. in he terms spends, of mentoring those yeah. kids. Yeah, he spends training camp with the Flames and gets into action during NHL preseason, all that sort of stuff. There's a, a lot to be had there for Brett Sutter. And I'm curious what this Wranglers team looks like because I, I think we could be talking about a, a group that, either I think could be in a way poached by the big club in a lot of ways, depending on how things work out or could see, you know, a couple of guys in the AHL level, I think could do some, some damage. I think there's a world, uh, there's a world. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but is there not a world where the beginning of the year is Dustin Wolf is there and Matt Coronado's there. You've got Schwint and Zari down the middle for this group. Like to me, that's, that's every bit possible for this this Calgary Wranglers team, and you're talking about Jeremy Poirier taking another step forward. Like, I mean, I don't know what the expectations are for the Calgary Wranglers if you lose Dustin Wolf for a full season, the league's MVP and best goaltender. I don't know. I don't know what the expectation becomes for that group, but I, I think there's every possibility that at least for the start of the team, we could see at the start of the year, we could see some pretty 
stacked lineups in, in the Wranglers uniform. Well, that's why I was curious. I kind of put him on the spot a little bit about who do you think is poised for a breakout with the Wranglers? And he was kind of like, well, I don't necessarily know who's going to be here. And, and that's fair because he doesn't know if Matt Coronado is going to be a Calgary Flame or a Calgary Wrangler. He's probably anticipating Jacob Pelche and Walker Dewar being full-time members of the Calgary Flames. You layer in a guy like Dustin Wolf, who we don't have a clear picture of what he's necessarily going to do, both at the AHL level and NHL level in terms of workload, but he's certainly proven at the AHL level. You mentioned AHL goalie of the year, two-time goalie of the year. We don't know necessarily what this Wranglers roster is going to be, and you can layer in a guy like Connor Zari there. And he mentioned in, in that answer, Zari... Emilio Pedersen, Cole Schwint as guys he's really curious about seeing next season, but there's a very good chance that some of the guys that he was teammates with last season will have graduated next season to the Flames, and that was also why I kind of asked him, like, you take a sense of pride in when a guy goes up and never comes back, and he's like, yeah, that's, that's part of Brett Sutter's job is to prepare those guys for what pro hockey is, so that when they do get the chance in the NHL, they might not come back to the AHL level. Where do you see this? And I think there's still probably some work to be done as far as names added to the group. Do you think the Wranglers are going to be as competitive as they were a season ago? Well, I mean, when you take away potentially the two-time goalie of the year in Dustin Wolf, that's big shoes for Oscar Dansk to fill on, on a more permanent basis. And then you remove... Matthew Phillips, who left the organization, you remove Jacob Pelche. That's potentially 30, two of your top three 35 forwards. 35 games and 37 points for Pelche last year in the AHL. That's so, a big loss. And then, again, Matty Phillips was over a point per game as well, over a fuller schedule. So, I mean, they're, they're in tough. Walker Dewar spent 41 games with the Wranglers last year. They're in tough, and there aren't too many guys that are coming. Again, depending on where Matt Coronado lands, he could eat up a chunk of that production, but he's also going to have the opportunity to never step foot in the AHL, depending on how it goes for him in training camp. It's uh, it's going to be tough to, just year over year regardless, it's tough to replicate the success of a team that's you know number one in the league and has Calder Cup aspirations. And it's important to note that the wins and losses isn't as important as what they're able to do from a development standpoint. No, and, and that's what that's guys. what Trent Cole told us yeah. when we talked to him too, right? So, I, I mean, am I expecting them to be the best team in the in the American Hockey League? At, you know, at the end of the season, they sit atop the standings. Not necessarily, but that's not necessarily how the group will be judged either. Even though every guy in that locker room wants to win, that's not necessarily how the big organization is gonna quantify success or failure i'm very curious because i I do think there's like i said if a couple of things fall right for the wranglers yeah you're right though because you'll also have internal growth from a guy like poirier zari if he's there Pedersen, schwint like this isn't a team devoid of those players that are going to take the next step and then have another step to go before their nhlers there's a lot of room for internal growth with the guys that they do have and to me what will mark a successful season is if and when those guys take those next steps. The, the Coronado one is so fascinating to me. Just that right shot, it feels like there's such an opportunity there to, to be on the NHL roster, but at the same time, am I, I don't think I'm going to be mad or disappointed in it if it means going to the Wranglers for 
20 games, 40 games. I really, I don't think, I, I, I have a feeling it'll be looked at as a negative for some who observe the organization and are fans of the team. I don't know that I'll see it that way. I think it's a good development step. Well, I imagine he's going to, if he does go down, he's playing 20 to 23 minutes a night as a number one winger. Potentially a center, but I just looking at the way they slot, I think it makes more sense to have him on the well, wing on I either mean, side. Just how many guys make that that year over year jump, right? I mean, he would essentially be going straight from college hockey to full time NHLer. That's a it's yeah. a big step to make with That's... with no AHL with zero AHL time in between. Yeah, you, you have none. You have to be a bl- the bluest of blue chip prospects to make that jump. And we talked Logan Cooley a little bit in hour one. This is not a disrespect to Matt Coronado, but Logan Cooley is a top five-ish prospect in the world. And that's what's going to help him make that jump. Now, saying that, I can see the scenario quite clearly where Matt Coronado makes the same jump, particularly reinforced by what I saw in person at the World Championship with Team USA, which, say what you want about the NHLers' participation there, that's still an elite, elite tournament, and I liked what I saw there. And now he's got four months from the end of that tournament to the start of training camp to continue to grow as well with development camp in there. He'll be at rookie camp. He'll be in Penticton. Curious to see the growth on Matt Coronado. He's the, he might be the prospect I'm most curious about entering training camp, to be honest. Yeah, I just I just worry that it's going to be viewed by some if he doesn't start the year at the NHL as some sort of failure or some sort of slight on Matthew Coronado when I, when I couldn't feel more different about it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I really do want to I really feel, and even if he has a good training camp and it means he goes down to the Wranglers for an extended period of time to start the season, I don't, I don't think that's a failure. The guy's played one game yeah. of pro hockey in his life. And yes, he spends a couple of weeks with the Calgary Flames. Well, the, the Flames were in the weirdest spot I can ever remember for a young guy coming in from the NCAA like that where the coach and the GM and the coach and the players were all on different terms and there were people calling for you to be in the lineup. But, you know, your coach is trying to do the best thing by you to be prepared for it. You do get in a game, but it means nothing really against the San Jose Sharks. So how do you really quantify what that time was for Matt Coronado? And I just just think there's such a high expectation. He's that right shot. And I do think he's going to be a great NHLer. I think he's going to be a great scorer for this team. For a really long time. I just don't want us to get to training camp and it's not perfect for whatever reason or it takes them a bit of time to adjust fully to a pro level game at the NHL level. And all of a sudden it's it's looked at as a slight on it because I don't think going to the American Hockey League in the kind of role that he would be in is is a slight on him as a prospect. No, a twenty year old player with one NHL or one game of pro experience total, as you mentioned, playing in the minors isn't the end of the world. The issue is, and this is part of a bigger conversation that we'll have at a later date, but the to me, the in no particular order, the biggest stories heading into training camp will be Markstrom rebounding, Huberto rebounding, and then a subplot is going to be What's up with the kids and what are they able to do? And Coronado is lumped into that as well. It's going to be a major storyline, but, but to your point, it's not a it's not a failure if Matt Coronado doesn't play 82 games with the Calgary Flames next year, in my book. Yeah, and if, as far as the kid conversation goes for me, it, that should be like a Ruzicka, Pelche, Dewar type of conversation. That's yeah. 
for me, those are guys that were in and out of the lineup for different points of the season last year, but have had NHL experience. How can they use this opportunity to become full-time impact makers at the NHL level? And then I would say the second tier for me is, is that Schwint, Zari, Coronado level. That's where, that's where I would peg it. Okay. But again, I don't even know what this roster looks like. There's a, there's a chance that so many of these conversations that we've had, Aaron, about placing and where guys could be or what needs this. I have, who knows, one or two of these guys that we seem to be waiting on or, or hearing about makes uh, gets to the point where a deal gets done. We could be having completely different conversations about everything when it comes to the Flames roster. You're not wrong there. There's still, again, what, five? Nope. Seven weeks before rookie camp even starts, there's still a lot to do on Craig Conroy's to-do list, whether or not he feels the need to get it done before training camp, whether it goes into the season. Only time will tell. And if and when one or two or three of those things happen, the dominoes start to fall a little bit, then we'll have a clearer picture on, on what the expectation of the kids will be. Thanks again to uh, Brett Sutter for joining us on the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. Thank you to Peter Hanlon and Jordan of the Calgary Flames for setting that up for us. Really appreciate uh, Brett's time this afternoon. We will take a break. We'll come back on the other side. Finishing off the Thursday edition of Sportsnet today, diving in on a big win for the Toronto Blue Jays and checking in on the Calgary Stampeders. That, and when Sportsnet today returns here on Sportsnet 960, the fan. This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon and Aaron Vickers on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Well, yesterday we brought you what we thought was going to be a good piece of news for the Calgary Stampeders, or at least earlier this week we thought it would be. An injury to James Vaughters on the defensive line going back to Sunday's loss to the Ottawa Red Blacks seemed to necessitate a trade for the Calgary Stampeders and Hamilton Tiger Cats involving former Stampeders D-lineman Jagarit Davis coming over to the team for a conditional sixth-round draft pick. Stamps practiced yesterday. Jagarit was en route to Calgary, arrived in town today, but didn't see him out on the practice field at all. Dave Dickinson said that he'd have to meet with Stampeders trainers to discuss uh, what they saw with Jaguar during his physical. And now, Mr. Vickers, we find out that the news not good, in fact. Uh, the trade between the Calgary Stampeders and the Hamilton Tiger Cats has been officially voided. Uh, Jaguar Davis did not pass his physical examination with the Stampeders. He has been returned to the Hamilton Tiger Cats, and the Stampeders reclaim their sixth-round pick in the 2024 Canadian Football League draft. That is not good news for the Calgary Stampeders or for Ja'Garrett Davis. Nope. The hunt for Vodder's replacement continues. Vodder's out for a while, potentially season-ending. We'll see, depending on how things go. And that's a big gap. 15 tackles, 5 sacks, 2 forced fumbles, and 6 games for Vodder's. Ja'Garrett Davis... Two-time Grey Cup champion, including once with the Stampeders, as you mentioned, not joining Calgary's roster. Trade voided. And the hunt continues if you're the Stampeders to find an adequate replacement. Yeah, this is bad news for a lot of uh, reasons, and uh, one of them being 
Dave Dickinson was asked yesterday at practice, could you see sliding Jagarid into the lineup on Sunday when the Stampeders take on the Montreal Alouettes? And he said, yeah. He said, if everything's fine, it'll be a bit of travel, going from Hamilton to Calgary for a couple days and then back east to Montreal, but was you know not given any indication that there would be reason to believe he wouldn't fit, he wouldn't pass a physical. He did not play for Hamilton last week and was placed on the one-game injured list, but that's a typical uh, move in the CFL for sometimes just healthy scratching a guy for a game. Um, he has not had the kind of production we're used to seeing from Ja'Garrett Davis this season. Seven tackles in five games, no sacks. That's a major red flag. So mm-hmm. who knows if we're talking about something that's perhaps been lingering with Ja'Garrett that's affected his performance because, look, I think even the Hamilton Tiger Cats would tell you that they were expecting more from the pass rusher than they've gotten so far this season. I don't think seven games into the year they were expecting to have to, you know, scratch him from the lineup and then, you know, eventually move him out. But now the Stampeders don't get a potential body that they might have needed for Sunday. And you're right, now have to scrounge the the rest of the CFL to see what other options might be out there for them. It's pretty surprising news today. And a tight turnaround. As you mentioned, they go to Montreal to play the Alouettes on Sunday. This was a guy that you were expecting to have in your lineup. Clearly, you weren't expecting him to fail the physical. And now you're, what, two, three days behind in terms of finding that replacement for Vodders. Yeah, I don't think you're getting anything done this no, week. No, you're, uh, you're going to be promoting from within, Logo, mm. and seeing what happens then. Yeah, see if perhaps there's a um, an option on the practice roster, somebody to come in and help uh, make up for some of that production that James Vodders uh, leaves behind. But that's the latest between the Stampeders and the Ticats. The trade has been voided. Jaguar Davis will not join the Stampeders. He's back with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And the Stamps will reclaim their sixth-round pick in the 2024 CFL Draft. We'll get you a Stamps report now with Patrick Dumas. But uh, understanding uh, that news with Jaguar Davis and the trade uh, just broke recently. Uh, Dumas recorded this a little bit earlier on today. So not 100% up to date on the Jaguar Davis news. But just wanted to let let the listeners know that uh, ahead of today's Stamps report with Patty Dumas. This, This is the Stamps report with Patrick Dumas. Stampeders return to the practice field on Thursday as they get ready for their Week 8 opponent, the Montreal Alouettes. We were expecting to see newly acquired defensive lineman Jagarit Davis, but he did not practice. Here's Coach Dickinson on the missing man. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm waiting on some medical. Uh, he took his physical this morning, and I, and I unfortunately, uh, he was unable to practice. Uh, our doctors are going to have a powwow with me uh, when we're done here. So, uh, not what I was looking for. So, uh, when I get more information, I'll let you guys know. So we await news on Davis's health. And if you're wondering if the trade is still on, Coach Dickinson shed some light on that issue. Well, I mean, the trade was contingent on passing a physical. Uh, but without, you know, let's see what the injury report comes back at. Uh, it just happened this morning, and I just didn't have time. Um, yeah, we were on the field here. Uh, but uh, I'm hopeful that uh, they give me the news I want to hear. And uh, if not, we'll just adjust We'll see if it gets to that point of canceling the trade. Nonetheless, the team marches on with or without Jagarit Davis. And maintaining chemistry and trust is huge right now for this defense. Listen, I'm confident in our defensive line. Um, I am. 
the back end uh, has been playing pretty good, but they, you know, they had a game they liked back. Uh, tackling wasn't as good. Mm-hmm. Chemistry-wise, though, is you know most of the guys, it's more about trust. So, mm-hmm. you know, they can play with a lot of different people. They got to trust the guy next to him is going to do the do his job, and that they, the communication, what they see is what the other guys see, and then uh, that way they can play fast. It's been a group that has performed well for the most part through this season, but lately you've been seeing more from that defensive line. And as for the rest of the group, uh, Coach has been keying in on them being better tacklers heading in to Montreal, which has been a bit of a house of horrors for the Stampeders over the last few seasons. Coach Dave on finding success in La Belle Provence. Well, you know, I, I know it's a long flight for us at least, uh, but then I think sometimes uh, some other challenges have been day games, uh, which we don't, we're, we're, we're in at 7 o'clock, so we should be good there. And they play hard. Uh, they do have a good home field advantage. Their fans are into it. And uh, But, yeah, it does seem like to be a spot we haven't had as good a success in. Uh, some things are different this year, though. You know, and, you know we're, We'll see if that helps us or uh, if, if, it, if it just kind of falls back into that same pattern. Just two wins in Montreal since 2013, and they haven't actually played in Montreal since 2019. A lot has changed in the league and the world since then, so maybe it'll be a different story on Sunday. Stamps have just one more day of practice Friday before flying out to Montreal on Saturday. With your Stampeder Report, I'm Patrick Dumas. Thank you, Patty. Appreciate that. And yes, those comments from Dave Dickinson obviously ringing true now, uh, Mr. Vickers, about uh, the failed physical for Jagarrett Davis. If anything, he was honest. Didn't give you exact details, but uh, pretty much told you what was going to happen. And uh, that's indeed what, uh, what happened. Uh, we're going to switch things over to baseball to finish things out. Uh, we'll get to the Blue Jays in a second. Uh, but, man, I guess just a little confidence booster yesterday for the LA Angels. They said, look, we're not trading Shohei Otani. We go out and make a big trade. They have a doubleheader today against, today against the Tigers. Shohei Otani pitching in the first half of that. Just a complete game shutout. No big one deal. Hit, no big deal. First one of his career. No biggie, right? In his uh, major league major league career, career. good in Japan caveat. Abroad, uh, a bit, but uh, now now that he's done pitching a complete game, he can focus on you know batting. And uh, the second half of the back to back, he's been pretty good this afternoon for the Angels. Oh, oh, he got another one. Get going, Otani has done it again. Santa Maria. Complete game shutout, check. Two homers in the nightcap, check. But he grabbed his side or back after the swing. That was a rocket out. Incredible Shohei, just hope he's okay. I I, I can't believe this. Two home runs, back to back. Yeah, I think he's okay. I think he's fine. Yeah, that's probably a fair assessment, you know, complete game. Complete game shutout in the morning and a two-home run performance in the afternoon. I have never had a showing at work in the morning that I topped in the afternoon. I don't even know if it's necessarily topping it, but just putting together just a couple of shifts at the old office. Jeez. No big deal. Let's just go about it. Boom. Gone. Three at bats, two home runs, three RBIs. I mean, what what happened there on that other th- at bat? A strikeout. Come on. Yeah, come on, show come on. Man. You bum. Oh, shake why it off. You, why don't you do something for once? Oh. Unbelievable. The guy is. I mean, turn in your MVP votes now. 
pretty much. I don't know how you could how you could argue with it. I mean, the guy is incredible. He's batting almost 300 on the year. He has 38 home runs on the season now. That is the most in the majors by six. Matt Olson is six behind him. No one else has 30 on the year. And he has 38 with 80 RBIs, batting almost 300. Oh, and he just so happens to pitch as well. Do you remember the old, old uh, ad campaign when it was McGuire and Sosa going, you know, bomb to bomb? And I think it was, I think it might have been a Nike commercial. It was Tom Glavin and Greg Maddox, the chicks dig the long ball uh, advertising. I think I've seen it. I think it's a bit before my okay my I'm, time, I'm, but I'm I, aging I, I, myself. Do... So they go and they work out and they do bicep curls and bench presses and they take BP and they start just rocketing them out of the park. Well, Tawny just has that figured. Sure, why not? Just going to... Uh... And he's done less steroids than them, I believe. Oh. Allegedly. For legal purposes. I just want to be careful with that. Allegedly. Right? Allegedly, I, I, right? I mean, I mean, I don't... Allegedly, right? Al- allegedly, correct. Are you surprised that he's sticking around? Showtime will remain? Well, I don't know what you ever could get that would... Like, what match is that? Really? I mean, give me all of your top prospects. Three top prospects, three position players, your, your best two. pitcher. I, I, like, I Honestly, I'd sit there and start with... I want three prospects of my choosing from your pipeline. And I'm going to take a pitcher or two of my choosing and maybe a position player, a young position player. And I don't even think you'd be off asking for that. Oh, you wouldn't the be. Guy, the also, guy has also a 3.43 ERA and a 9-5 and five record. He just threw a complete game shutout. So you're already getting a guy that's a top-of-the-order pitcher. Oh, and by the way, on the other days, he can DH, and he happens to lead the league in home runs. There's no value. You can't, you can't, what are you going to give up that's worth what that guy's giving you? I have no idea how you do that. I, I agree. Maybe there's something to be said about, you know, not letting him go for nothing because you've been a terrible franchise ever since he got there, and you're not going to make the playoffs. You still might not make the playoffs this year, but literally, I know. You know, Gretzky got tra- I get it. Gretzky got traded, and that was a different time, and there was money involved and all that. But, like, what's, Aaron, honestly, what's comparative value for Shohei Otani with, with what he's doing? I don't know. What's he worth if and when he walks in the offseason, though? And we've talked a lot this week about uh, record setting contracts, whether it be the offer Mbappe got, Justin Herbert's deal. What is Otani fed? You mentioned what tops that a, a guy that can lead the majors in home runs and strikeouts at the same time. What is this guy going to get paid? 500 million, 600 million, million, whatever it is. It's the new bar. Whatever the Dodgers want to give him. Right. I mean, he's 29, so he's right in the peak of his career. He's in the you wheelhouse. You don't care what the back half of it looks like, especially in baseball. Right? You're not worried about the steam coming off the fastball eight years from now. No, and even if he even if he drops slightly in production over the next five years, 
He's still, what, a 20-home run guy? Maybe pitches a little bit less frequently? I don't know. It's just, I don't know what how you would ever come up with, with equal value for that. I feel like you'd always feel like you left a lot on the table. And for a lot of these teams, it's it's a rental, right? So I understand yep. if you're Tampa Bay and you're like, I can't give you my three top prospects and one of my young pitchers. I can't do that. He's only going to be here for three months because we're in Florida and he wants to be on the West Coast right? where it, the transition to back to Japan is, is easier and it's easier for his friends and family to come to, out to come out and watch him. There's this that level of uh, of communication that makes so much more sense. So he's not going to come here for anything longer than three months. How can I give you all of that? Well, then you go and you show him the clips of today, and you go, "Well, he just threw a complete game, and by the way, he has two home runs for us this afternoon." Right? I just yeah. it feels like it's an impossible puzzle to figure out how you would ever get enough value for that guy. He is impressive, though. I don't know how either side wins that trade. Depending on what the landing spot would have been, or because you'll never get enough for him. No, and if you're the and Dodgers, if he's only there for three months, unless you win, unless you win a championship, that's it. It unless you win the World the, Series, it would have to be the Kawhi situation. Yeah, right, where you won it and you knew he wasn't coming back, and you were okay with that. And that's fine, but you have to win. But if you're the Dodgers, you don't. You're not going to trade for him because you know you can probably sign him in the offseason. Get him for free. The easiest for you, right? Okay. Is that a can... foregone conclusion? Like, give me give me the odds here. I Front would, runner for sure. I would say so. I, I mean, as far as a West Coast team, like, what's well, the only thing Shohei's missing is team success. Okay. Well, they're the top one of the top teams in the NL. Right. They say we're going to add you. You don't have to change your lifestyle. You might not even have to move depending on where he lives. To make it work for Dodger Stadium and, and going to work on a day to day basis, you just take a helicopter, probably. Right, like all of that can stay the same for him. Plus, we'll give you all the money you want because we're not we're winning. Our owners are going to let us spend as much as we want. And by the way, again, we're winning. Yeah, and you can hang out with Clayton Kershaw and Mookie Betts, and we're just going to have fun, and we're going to be a hundred win team. And do a bunch of damage in the playoffs. You've never even come close to 100 wins with the Angels. I mean, to me, it seems it seems almost too easy, especially that West Coast connection and how much of his life is still in Japan and how much he values that connection. I'd love to say Toronto or New York or Boston, but I just can't see him moving across the country knowing how how big a deal it was for him when he came to the Angels to start. So via quick Google, I don't even know how recent this is. I don't feel like this is recent enough because as the Angels raise Yankees and Giants, three Giants days ago. Giants could be. Doesn't have Dodgers in the top four. Well, I mean, that that doesn't sound right. No. Have them below the Red Sox at six. Mm. If you can find it, it might be worth a dollar. That's my betting max, by the way. That's why you always hear me refer to a dollar or two. Well, that's the because uh, I hate losing more than I love winning. Okay, so I got one here from Fox Sports. Shohei Otani 2024 team odds. They have the Angels favored at minus 250. Then it goes Dodgers plus 950 
Orioles plus a thousand. Giants Orioles. plus eleven hundred. Yankees plus twelve hundred. Rays plus eighteen hundred. Twenty five hundred for the Phillies, Braves, and twenty eight hundred for the Mets. In other words, nobody knows for sure. But the Angels are the betting. And if you do feel like you have the best shot, if you're the Angels, no, you you definitely do what you do when you pull them off the market. Because as you said, you're never going to get full value in a trade from either side. No sense in doing it. Uh, so Shohei Otani just uh, doing what only he can do. Complete like, game shut out earlier today as part of a doubleheader against the Tigers. And then this afternoon, uh, DHing, and he's got two home runs on the afternoon, uh, as the Angels announced yesterday. They're not going to trade him. They're going to make a push for the playoffs. Uh, in what right now is his final season with the Angels. Uh, we got to get out of here. We're wrapping up for the day. Thank you to my co-host, Aaron Vickers, for his great work today. Appreciate being back in the chair with you, pal. Thanks to Cam and Taylor for all their great work this afternoon. Patty Dumas had your stamps report. We chatted with Wranglers captain Brett Sutter this afternoon. Uh, year in review today was the or the off-season in review, excuse me, uh, with Bruce Levine from the uh, Dallas Stars, chatting all things Stars hockey. Adnan Verk joined us uh, on the Sports Drive. Uh, this is brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. You can ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. No Jays baseball tonight. They get a day off, a rare day off. Not a lot going on in the majors today, by the way. The, uh, the Shohei news is the big one. There is just, as I check here quickly... Five games. Two of them are Angels-Tigers. Jays will be back in action tomorrow, welcoming in those LA Angels. So we won't see Shohei pitch, but perhaps we'll see him uh, in action this weekend for the Toronto Blue against the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, Jays also announcing the second half of their Rogers Center renovations. So check out the Blue Jays website for uh, information on how they're going to change things up in the 100 level. Getting rid of a lot of foul ground territory at Rogers Center. So uh, the big money spending uh, on the Jays Stadium continues, and we get our next set of renditions as to what that's going to look like. So looking forward to that. Uh, and again, Jays and Angels on your radios tomorrow. 5.07 first pitch with Kevin Gossett on the mound. Lucas Giolito goes for the Angels, uh, recently acquired from the Chicago White Sox. Uh, cook around. This has been the Sports Drive. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Ask how a restricted key system can keep your business safe, even through employee turnover. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Back for another edition of Sportsnet today on a Friday. Have yourself a great evening. Thanks for tuning in here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.